You're listening to the Risk Takers podcast series coming to you from the Chesley Brown headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. Founded in 1990, we help businesses explore better ways to anticipate and navigate risk before it becomes a crisis. I'm your host, Brent Brown, Chairman and CEO of Chesley Brown. And joining me this week is our special guest, Del Spry. Our topic today is surveillance detection route. Dell is our managing director of our investigations group and also a supervisory special agent retired from the FBI. Dell, thank you for being with us today. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Brent. So, when we're talking about yeah, this this uh, surveillance detection route is is uh, something that a lot of you might be thinking. Now, what what exactly does that mean? And so today we're talking in context of a, a corporate executive, um, and this is part of their executive protection plan. Uh, I think you would agree that most if not um, all corporate executives need to have some level of security, but we don't see that many of them with executive protection details. Um, but this is something that is a basic understanding that, that you teach, uh, and it could in help a C-suite individual um, or maybe a, a corporate executive that travels a lot internationally um, that helps them be more aware of their surrounding. So explain to the audience what we're talking about in, in, uh, when, we, when we say surveillance detection round. Brent, there's so many reasons nowadays that a corporate executive or a corporate executive's secretary or assistant, for example, might be targeted by a group of individuals. It could be something as simple and as frightening as an individual who has just absolutely come unhinged for whatever reason. Right. It could be that you're a target of opportunity, someone that a nut has just decided at random. They've picked you up, and now they want to follow you to see what you do, maybe to try and blackmail you or compromise you or perhaps to injure you. It could be that a competitor of you and your company, that they're wanting to surveil you to see who are your business contacts, where do you go, what restaurants do you eat at, what clubs mm-hmm. do you belong to. It could be a criminal enterprise that's looking to kidnap you for monetary gain. It could be a political organization. If you're traveling overseas, a terrorist group that wants to kidnap you and hold you for hostage for myriad reasons. Wow. So so those things happen, right? So those things happen every day. And particularly now, I'm looking here domestically at the United States. This is such a troubled nation at this point in time that I'm not saying that it would foster anyone's additional attempts to target someone for a kidnap, but the point is that right now the police are pretty fully engaged, and if I was a bad guy who for some time had had a plan in the back of my mind looking for the opportunity to execute my plan, well, I think I might be pretty close to going forward with a surveillance against you to find out who you are and where you're going. So if I want to do something to you, I will have your history, and I will know what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, and I will make the the attack whenever I'm ready. So I I think it would be 
a good thing to tell people at this stage. You know, let, let's let's check your ego for a minute because I think uh, you might be sitting back thinking, I don't have a big enough ego to think anybody is going to target me or I have nothing to offer them or uh, they're not going to get anything out of a, a ransom. Uh, I think they need to um, realize that there there's more motivators than might be on the surface, correct? That's correct. Let's say, for example, in the corporate world specifically, if a competitor of your company is trying to obtain your information and steal your secrets, um, they're not going to do a surveillance with the intention of harming you. They're going to do the surveillance to try and find out who your other business contacts are, who do you deal with, maybe to try and recruit a friend of yours that they identify to unknowingly be an agent for them and just give us give them background information on you, personality data on you, so I can plan a scheme to, when I use the word attack, I don't mean it in the way of physical harm, but I can use this plan to attack you to get you to maybe give up information that you didn't mean to by putting a false person in front of you, depending, uh, pretending to be an engineer, for example, to ask you about a new business product that I've read about in the Atlanta Chronicle that you're willing to talk about. Right. And I'm going to try, because I know what your competition wants, because they've given me a list of questions to see if I can get you to answer. And I'm going to build a relationship with you to try and engage you in a friendship to where you start telling me your private, secret, proprietary information, which I am then selling to your competitor. So a surveillance could be for something as simple as that. It could also be for an incredibly nefarious reason, that they want to kidnap your wife. Right. They want to extort you uh, a ransom. The ransom could be information. The ransom could be money. It's just all over the board, Brent. And people who think, well, no one would ever want to surveil me, probably the vast majority of them are right. But not everyone who thinks that. There are reasons people would surveil you, for example, because you're a prominent businessman and you've been well-recognized. And somebody says, I wonder what Brent Brown's up to. How can I find out? Well, one of the best ways I can find out is to see what he does after work, see who he's meeting with, where does he go, who are his friends. So uh, now that you've made me paranoid about that, uh, <laughs> that, that is an interesting point, and I, I think um, – we're pretty in, in tune to that, but um, uh, the kidnappings, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, international travel and, uh, you know, there's obviously hot spots that, that uh, a corporate executive should not travel without some type of protection detail, certainly not travel without a plan uh, and some type of advance work. But kidnappings have happened. Uh, in the U.S., correct? And, yes, and, sir. And these aren't, we're not stretching back to the Lindbergh baby to, to talk about a kidnapping incident. This is, happens more than people know, correct? This is something that happens very frequently, yes, sir. It just doesn't get much press report unless the target of the surveillance or the kidnapping is an individual with a name that folks would recognize. Then that gets published. But John Doe, who gets published because he just had an inheritance of $500,000, that would never make it in the news because who's going to care? Nobody knows who John Doe is. All right. So um, I think we should point out that uh, this is something that you've been teaching at the FBI Academy for some time. You've, you teach this and other type of tactical stuff to the agents. Yes, sir. That is correct. Um, 
And and we also are at Chesley Brown do this for corporate executives if they're interested in uh, looking into that program. So let's Dale, let's talk about um, some of the points of what to look for. How, if I'm an executive and and you just sat me down and said, okay, Brent, I'm gonna I'm gonna brief you today on how to make sure you're secured on your way home, on your way to meetings, heading to the airport, traveling. What, what are you going to tell me? Brent, what I would do, first of all, if you came to me and said, you know, I, I, I'm interested in this program you have of teaching people how to detect surveillance, my first question, obviously, is going to be why. And you might say, I feel like I am being surveilled, but I'm not certain. My wife feels like she might be being followed on occasion, but she's not certain. Now, can you really teach me how to determine if I am or if I am not? I cannot tell you positively I can because there's all manner of sophisticated techniques that will be employed. But what I certainly can tell you I can do and will do is train you in the techniques of surveillance detection so that you will know what to look for. And if you do see a pattern, if you see the same car or maybe not the same car because people will use rental cars, but you see the same faces the, the same walk, go somebody walking down the street with an unusual gait. If you see this repeatedly at different times, different places where it's out of the norm for this person to be showing up all, all these places where you are, okay, then we need to take a look at that. The techniques that I can teach you are, they're basic. They're not very hard to learn. They're quite simple, but they are labor intensive. Right. It takes time to understand and it takes practice. I will help you come up with a plan. I will also practice that plan with you to make sure you understand what's required of you to determine if you're being surveilled, to help me find out who they are. So that, let's, let's break that down for a second because that's, that's a really good point that you bring up. Yeah, we we um been in business for, for 30 years now and, and uh, actually started uh, with consulting and, and uh, executive protection. And I remember... We had a new Fortune 500 CEO that we were assigned to, and his practice was to walk everywhere heads down. He felt like if he didn't make eye contact with, with anybody, then he didn't have to engage in conversation. Now, th this is not to say he wasn't a, a nice guy. He was actually very engaging. He just had a lot of things on his mind. Um, but you bring up a, a, a great point. Um, security is your responsibility. You know, and as the individual, you got to take that responsibility yourself, right? Absolutely, yes, sir. So, obviously, not a good plan to to keep your head down. You have to be a part of your own protection plan for it to work. And the gentleman that you're referring to, who was holding his head down, when we speak about surveillances, people often think of cars and airplanes, and that's a big part of it. Right. But surveillances also require people on foot. If you park somewhere and get out of the car and you're walking around, well, guess what? The team that's surveilling you, they've got to park around you and wait on you to come back to your car. And at least one or two or more people need to get out on foot and follow you. Now, my point being, the gentleman who walked with his head down all the time I don't really need to know what clothes he's wearing or, or stuff like that. I mean, I can spot him from two blocks away as long as he's in line of sight. I've got people looking up at where they're going, and i got one guy who's looking down at his feet. Well, you're sticking out like a sore thumb, and that's because of something you're doing deliberately. So you're, when we're talking about uh, people 
surveilling you, you they're not always two feet away. They, they could be, like you said, anywhere in line of sight. And so you have to keep your wits about you. Yes, you know, look, you know, be engaged. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to speak to everybody that you pass, but a uh, little eye contact, just knowing what's around you. Uh, it's kind of like basic um, security for anyone. You tell them to you know, keep your head up. Yes, sir. We always teach people be aware of your environment. And by environment, I mean you might be walking from one side of town, so to speak, into another side of town. Be aware of the environmental changes. Know where you are in time and know who and what is around you. And then if you can identify that point in time in your environment, what in that environment appears to be out of place? Well, that might be an indication that someone is surveilling you. So uh, um, is gut instinct valid here? When if, you, if you think uh, something's out of place, is that partly a gut instinct? That yes, sir. And I personally have always taught the special agents that I teach in the FBI and the other individuals that I've taught, go with your gut. Right. I mean, if, if your brain's saying one thing, no, you're being stupid. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's going to be following you. You're being a jerk. And your gut's going, this guy's following me. Go with your gut instincts. Because if you're wrong, hallelujah, you're right. wrong. You don't have a problem. But if you're right and your gut picks up on it, okay, now you can do something about it. Better safe than sorry. Absolutely. So um, let's say I'm heading home. And I have that feeling I'm, uh, that someone's following me. Uh, I've stopped a couple of times to pick up something, and then I still see the same face, same car, whatever. Um, do I drive straight home? What do I do? At this point, yes, sir. They probably know where you live. You've probably already been under surveillance. And if nothing else, Brent, nowadays we're going to Google your name and get your address and go to Zillow and get... 2D pictures of your house right. and the dimensions and where the master bedroom is and everything else before they even leave their office. Good so point. they're going to know a great deal about you already. So on this occasion, given the scenario that you presented, I would say go home. Don't do anything different at this point, but let me know so I can work with you to develop a plan. Now, that plan would include simple things such as I'm going to need you to come up on the, on the mornings that you go to work, just go straight to work like you normally do. Don't deviate at this point. But maybe on the weekends, get out. Start going places with the family, without the family, your call. But I'm going to need you to go through three different environments. You will start in a neighborhood environment, which is where you live. Right. Now, you will stay in this neighborhood environment. Just You're just out for a drive, a Sunday drive, looking for houses in your neighborhood or neighborhoods that are next to you or adjacent to you that are for sale. You're just driving around looking at stuff. Uh, you're looking at the, you go, it's Christmas time. You're looking at Christmas decorations ostensibly. You're driving through um, Sandy Springs. You're looking at some of the affluent homes over there mm-hmm. just because they're beautiful. But what you're actually doing, you're locking the surveillance team who's ever following you. And typically, if it's professional especially, it's not going to be one person. It will be probably a minimum of three, six if they can get it, that are going to be all around you. Now, and what you want to do is a series of turns through this neighborhood, these neighborhoods, 
so that you can see, okay, what cars are turning when I turn, and they might be half a block back, but is the car turning every time I turn? Then what you And if you determine the answer to that is yes, then what you also need to start looking for as you go into the new neighborhoods, are you seeing the same car, a different car, mm-hmm. but the same car each time you go into a new neighborhood? Because that means someone's stair-stepping you. There is surveillance, and they're getting ahead of where they believe you're going. So when you come to them, the car that's been following you, that's what we call the eye. The car that has the eye, they'll turn off. And you'll go, well, that guy must not have been following me after all. Well, no, he just handed off the eye to the next guy that's sitting there waiting on you to come through. I can teach you to determine that. Interesting. And and you call that stair-stepping? We call that stair-stepping. But also, I want you to go into a different area. You'll go from the neighborhood, perhaps, let's say, into an industrial type of area. But there again, it's because it's the change of scenery, the change of environment, and what stands out. And are you seeing the same cars follow you into the next environment? And if you are, that should be a clue as to, okay, probably something's going on here. Then I'm going to want you to go into a third environment, a pastoral, rural environment, where you have the long country roads where the horses are and the cows and stuff. If you go down one of these long country roads and somebody's following you, you're going to see that line of cars behind you. Right. And if you turn and they turn, you'll know it. If they turn and you don't turn, and you keep going straight, you can kind of eliminate them from consideration unless they're just handing off the eye. But on a two-lane road in a rural environment, there's probably not going to be anybody up in front of you for, for them to hand the eye off to. However, Brent, let me step out here just a second and say you cannot eliminate if this is a professional surveillance group who's being well-paid to follow you for whatever reason, you cannot eliminate the possibility that your car has some type of device in it that's emitting a signal to a plane that's not flying over you but flying in your vicinity that's Mm -hmm. also following you, working with the ground team or possibly a drone that is surveilling you. Yeah. The latest thing, the drones are the biggest security issue we deal with sometimes. Absolutely, yes, sir. They can do a great deal of damage. They sure can. They sure can. So the same thing could be said about um, being surveilled on on foot, right? If you're in New York City or uh, London or Paris or somewhere, the the same type of tactics. The same uh, type of tactics, yes, sir, but in a much more crowded environment, I'm going to need to get you out of that environment into an area where we can see. If you go into a library, and we will teach you, go to a library, stay in there for a while, because it, it will drive the surveillance team that's waiting on you to come back out. You don't come back out, it's going to drive them nuts. Right. Somebody is going to have to get out of their car <laughs> and come in the library just to make sure you're still there and you didn't slip out the back door and somebody picked you up. That's a good So point. at some point, they just it's killing them. Right. And they got to come in there. Okay, well, I'm going to see who gets out of the car. Who gets out of the car? Who pulls up when you get there, but he doesn't get out of his car? You stay in there, and he just sits in his car. You don't come out, and he gets out and goes in. I'm going to take a picture of that guy. Interesting. So that all that's great uh, stuff, and I'm sure it's helping uh, the people listening. But you've got me um, concerned about 
uh, our spouse and our children, um, how do we teach them these things? How do we talk about these things without causing undue stress and alarm? That is absolutely going to depend upon your spouse. You have met my wife, Susan, and mm-hmm. you know that I've had a 20-plus year career with the FBI and another 10, 12 years as an instructor. Right. I have come under hostile surveillances in several different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. It is I have spoken to Susan about it. I have given her rudimentary training on what to look for. Has she ever looked for it? I don't think so. I think that she would rather ignore it than see it. Then she doesn't have to confront the issue. It can be extremely difficult to talk about with your spouse without elevating any concerns they may already have for you. So it's going to be, sir, and I I hate to try, seem like I'm dodging the question, but it's going to be how you deal with it will be based upon the relationship you have with your wife and her personality and your personality. But I believe I probably can help you come up with something to tamper down the severity Mm -hmm of why you might be being surveilled or why she might need to look for some surveillance. And I will also respectfully admit, because I know your wife, (laughs) wives are much more intuitive than we are. Yes, they are. We've got a million things on our mind when we're out walking around and driving around. Our wife goes, why is that guy looking at us? Right. So it could be the wife's (laughs) trying to find a way to talk to you about surveillance concerns. They they tend to protect us as much as we protect them. Absolutely, I think that's a a very uh, honest and candid answer that uh, there's not a a one-size-fits-all on how you you deal with that. Um, At what age do you think that you set your kids down and say, you know, mom or dad have a job? that brings about certain risk, um, and you just need to be careful. When they're teenagers and when they get their driver's licenses, when they're going to be out from under you in a vehicle on their own, when they'll be out going to the bowling alley, a movie with their friends, but where they're in a car, you're not with them, they're out on foot also walking around downtown just for whatever reason. Right. When they get to the age where they start doing that independently of you, which you encourage as them growing up, even though it might scare you to death, that's when you need to explain to them, do you understand what mama does? Do you understand what daddy does and the significance of our job and how people might want to know what our family's activities are? Mm -hmm. They just might be looking at you. No one's going to harm you. But I want you to know that if you see this happening, you need to let me know because possibly someone's following you. I think, and this is a whole other subject that we'll do a podcast on later, but I think uh, we should point out that sometimes the start of this surveillance could be through social media. And if, if our children are, or us are talking about where, we're at, where we are, where we're going, what we're... They can track a lot of that and have things there stepped ahead already, right? Yes, sir, and that is one of the weaknesses, Brent. I will be very candid. One of the weaknesses in what you do, how it affects what I train you, and I need to train you to stop sharing on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Stop telling people that you've got a babysitter and you and your wife are going to an opera this particular night. Don't 
tell yeah. everybody that you're going to be out of the house yeah. and don't tell them where you're going because I don't have to follow you. I'm just going to buy a ticket to the opera and stand in the lobby, wait on yeah. you and your wife to come through. That's a good thing. Then I let the rest of the team out there know, hey, they're here, everybody. We've got choke points we've identified that you can only go certain ways after you leave the parking lot to get out of there. I don't have to follow you. I just wait on you to come out because you just told me where you were going to be. Wow. So we have to be careful with everything that we do. And, and, and you know, I think it's important that we stress, you know, Dale, um, don't be paranoid about this. This is um, learn it, have a plan in place, and um, this is just part of what comes with, with the type of jobs that, that folks have in the executive world. Fortunately, you are correct, and don't be paranoid. If there is a reason to be paranoid, you will know it going in, and right. that's when we need to really, there are other things that we can also do for our clients to really double down to protect them. Right. But you do need to be concerned because if you're not at least a little concerned, you won't be aware. And if you're completely oblivious to your surroundings at all times and you don't, and somebody, and it will happen, it will happen in traffic, Atlanta traffic. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> you're the guy that's surveilling you at some point is probably going to be sitting right next to you <laughs> at a red light and you won't even know it. Right. Well, that's, that's interesting. Uh, I, as we wrap up, I just, um, have to ask uh, I know you've experienced this up close and personal what's it feel like to to know you have a hostile surveillance tracking you okay Brent I'm going to ask your forgiveness because you might be asking the wrong person the wrong question because I love it <laughs> I mean my, my adrenaline gets going <laughs> I love it if I know I'm under hostile surveillance I go oh man this is my world <laughs> this is where I can excel I, you know I, I should expect that answer from you I, that, that's an honest answer alright Dale um, well if if you've picked up on something that we've talked about today I encourage you to, to put it to use um, if you have concerns or if you frankly just need to put your plan together, um, you know, oftentimes uh, security and, uh, does not have to have something that triggered it. You just need to start planning. So if we can help you with that, you can contact uh, Dale here at, at Chesley Brown. Uh, we've also got uh, a lot of resources on chesleybrown.com, and um, we're here to help. So. Dale, thank you for being with us today, and uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Thank Have a you, great day, everybody.